0: Welcome back to the number one sales podcast on YouTube. Today we are talking how to get great at sales. Look, there are two ways to make more money in sales, your skill and your will. Your skill is your ability to do something well, your efficiency, learned behavior over time. This is challenging to do. Your will is your work ethic, your effort, your attitude, your ability to go in and say, look, I'm gonna put my hard hat on today, I'm gonna get in the trenches, and I'm simply gonna make more calls than the person next to me. This is easy to do, and this is also easy not to do. In today's video, we're sharing three strategies for each so that you can find more success in your sales job sooner rather than later, crush your number, make more money, and get more of what you want out of life. The reason that this message is important is I believe that we all are trying our best and we all want to get to the next level we as humans are evolutionarily wired to evolve to strive to get better at things that's why when we come out of the womb we're a baby we want to grow we want to get bigger we want to learn new things we want to conquer and we ultimately want to reach the next level that's the reason why i built sales prestige because the sales part i'm a sales guy I've spent the first four years of my software sales career working in sales. I love doing sales. I'm a sales development rep by nature. I've made 50,000 cold calls. I've promoted up at the same company to a senior account executive, promoted over six times, 4x my income. And I love talking sales and I love helping other sales reps learn from my first-hand experiences of my successes and my failures. I am not a great salesperson. I am striving to become a great salesperson. It is an infinite pursuit. The prestige part of the equation is that realistically, here's here's where it came from. I'll tell you guys a a secret here and then we'll get into the actual strategies to increase your skill and will. I used to be addicted to video games. I basically, I don't want to say wasted, um, but I spent a lot of time, more time than I should in high school and college playing video games. If I could have replaced that time with reading or just Doing something more productive, I would probably be a lot further ahead in life, but it's it's hindsight, and everyone starts when they're ready, but I was addicted to Call of Duty and video games, and I wanted to prestige, I wanted to get to the next level, and when I look at other people and myself, I believe everyone has that in common, we all want to get to the next level, whether it's playing a video game like Call of Duty or Candy Crush or in life with your fitness goals or your career goals or your relationship goals. It's all about the gap in going from where you're at today to where you want to go. And I believe that that's what keeps life exciting. That's what we're all striving for. The ability to learn something, get better over time and continuously improve because we want to evolve. That's ultimately why we are here on earth as humans to procreate, to evolve, to further our DNA and species. And that's how we're wired. So I believe that that's what applies to our careers and our ability to get better at things. So when we think about making more money in sales, let's start with Will, your work ethic. This is easy to do because you can listen to this video and you can immediately go apply this today. There's a lot of sales content out there. And what I see is a lot of people who are giving the content may not actually be using the content because they don't actually work in sales. I work in sales, and if you watch this video and you use this message as an excuse to say, I'm gonna show up on Monday, on Tuesday, and I'm gonna put in more activity than I ever have before, that is the easiest way possible for you to make more money in sales. It, it, it's completely in your control. You don't need any strategy, any extra tactics, It's all about, look, I'm going to simply hit this tree more times with my axe, and I'm going to cut down more trees in this week than I ever have before. So when we think about this, why do some reps not maximize their potential and try as hard as they can? Let me share a story about my experience in sales, and then I'm going to talk about some of these limiting beliefs that I think a lot of people, including myself, um, say inside their own heads. So when I started in software sales, I was right out of college, I started as an SDR at a fast growing technology company. I got super lucky because I didn't know what software sales was until I was a senior in college. One of my friends, I said, hey, what are you gonna do? He says, I think I'm gonna go be an enterprise account executive, or at least that's my goal. And I said, cool, I had no idea what that meant. And I didn't even have the proactiveness to go try and see what that actually meant or what that was my whole goal was just to get a sales job in a big city outside of Ohio. My current employer happened to be at the career fair. I applied, I got hired, no connections, no experience, no internships. I start day one, they hand me a headset and I had no idea what I would be doing until they said, Trent, you're going to be calling, setting meetings, generating pipeline and um, getting rejected a lot. And I said, okay, this, this is great. My first month I was terrible. And you hear these stories a lot about going from nothing, zero to hero, I like to say. And my first month, I was literally a zero. My entire quota was getting, I think, five qualified opportunities, something like that, calling a prospect, setting up a meeting, getting my account executive to qualify it. And I was literally last on the team. And for those of you who are like me, who are driven, ambitious, used to doing well at things. It's humbling to come into an environment where you are surrounded by people that naturally have more gifts than you. And if you ever played sports before, you know what I'm talking about. When you get on the field or the court and you say, these people are bigger, faster, stronger than me. What am I ever to do? And that's what I came in because I didn't have talk tracks. I didn't know what to be saying. I didn't know how to think. I didn't know how to work hard. And it was discouraging to me at the end of that first month calling my mom that Friday of that at the end of August, my first month of quote, and I said, I don't know if sales is for me. Everybody is going to ask themselves that question at some point on their path to becoming great at sales and making more money is sales for me. And a lot of people, a lot of people determine it's not for them. And they go into marketing, they go into customer success or they get out of sales entirely, which is okay. But I, I started to question, I said, is sales for me? So at this point, I, I was searching out answers. I, I was like, what do I do about this? Because I'm a month in. I'm not going to leave. I need to at least see things through for the next couple of months. So I go to a senior sales leader in my office, and I said, what do I do? And he said, look, Trent, the mistake you're making is that you're not all in. And it's important to be able to take coaching because I didn't just say, well, I'm trying hard to make excuses. I said, look, look, you know way more than me. You've been doing this for 10 years. You're saying I'm not all in. What does it mean to be all in? And he said, if you think you're giving 70% effort, you need to find a way to give 110% effort. If we tell you to make 80 cold calls a day, why not go make 100 cold calls a day? And it's burning the ships and saying, me and my crew, we're going to take this island, we're going to generate all the pipeline, or we're going to die trying because we burnt the ships, and there's, po- there's no possible way of retreat. In Rome, what the soldiers would do is they would be at their homes with their families, and the wives would say to the men, they would say, don't come back with your shield. What that means is when you go to battle, you have your shield, it's, de- it's defending. And if you at any point try and retreat, you throw your shield so that you can run faster. So it's basically saying, look, either come back and win the war or don't come back at all. She's saying go die for something or go make it happen. And that's the mentality of being all in. And it underlies what it means to embody improving your will your work ethic, your attitude, your effort, because this is in your control. So I started to think like this, and I entered the next month and said, you know what, I'm not better than anyone around me. I don't have any special gifts, but I'm just going to make more calls than everybody else. That's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna focus on making more calls than everyone else. That is your will. It's easier, and it's, it's, it's actually very simple to do. And, and sometimes this actually this actually comes back to bite me because i you tend to critically think less and you don't really you don't really think about anything other than taking massive action and this is the biggest opportunity for so many reps just to go in and make an immediate impact and start making more money so i started doing this and then all of a sudden i started to find more success i started to get recognized in the team meetings i said trent you set the most opportunities this month okay, nice job what are you doing and i said I'm all in, I'm committed to my success. I'm making more calls and taking more action because I can control my will. I cannot control if the prospect answers the phone. I cannot control to an extent if they take the meeting. I cannot control my list of accounts. I cannot control the account executives I'm working with. I can't control how good looking I am. I can't control how funny I am, although you can work on these things. I can't control my attitude, work ethic, and my willpower to work harder than other people. And a lot of salespeople, a lot of sales gurus will not give this advice because it's seemingly so simple. And they try and overcomplicate it with all these tactics and these talk tracks. And we're going to get into some of those at the end. But when it comes to improving your skill, but when it comes to your will, it's simply a mindset thing, attitude, work ethic. And I promise you, if you start approaching every situation with deciding to work harder than everybody else, and, and that means putting in more time. That means putting in more time, showing up earlier, leaving later, and it's cliche success advice because you hear it from everywhere, but are you actually doing it? What do people know you for? Do people know you for that person who works hard, or do they know you for just somebody that fits in? Ask yourself, do you want to just fit in, or do you want to stand out? Because your paycheck is going to reflect what cohort you're in. So look, you may be thinking, Trent, I'm, I'm in, I want to work harder, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to start taking action, but this but that but that if you're if you have any reason in your head as to why you are not going to immediately start taking massive action and decide to work harder than everybody else number one that is the problem you making that excuse yourself that is the problem but i am here luckily to try and help you work through this and address some of these limiting or false beliefs because i had to deal with these and i still have to deal with these to date And it starts with recognizing that the only limitations you have are self-imposed. Meaning, if you believe you can do anything, then you can accomplish anything and everything. And it's really important to approach everything saying, look, I'm the guy. I can do anything I want. If you give me enough time, I will learn it. I will master it. I will get better at it. And that underlies a lot of the assumptions I have. But I know a lot of people think, um, well, what if I try as hard as I can and still fail? I'll feel like a loser. This is something, this is a thought that, that would always come in my mind when I had promotions on the horizon. As a sales development level one, as a sales development rep level two, as a sales development rep level three, I'm trying to get to that next level. And, and fortunately at my employer, it's very clear the targets one must hit in order to promote. It's a meritocracy. You are paid and recognized for performance, which, which is amazing. And if you don't have that, um, that's something we need to figure out but what I realized was I have a quota. I know exactly what I need to promote. But if I try as hard as I can and I still come short, then, then I'm left with no answers because I will have given it my best shot and failed. And I'm here to tell you it's okay. And you will do this and you will come up short. You will fail many, many times. Think about watching your favorite sports team. How often do you see them just literally putting everything on the field and they still lose? There can only be a winner and there can only be a loser in sports. Fortunately in sales, it's not a zero sum game. Other people's success is actually an indication of what's possible for the whole. And it's a positive thing. So you should view other people's success as a positive and not somehow connect it back and twist it to, well, it's not fair that they, they got that lucky inbound and I didn't. Well, well, um, that should be me up there that got that million dollar deal. There is no shortage of success. And if you approach every interaction with this abundance mindset, that will help you overcome that limiting belief of if I try as hard as I can, then I fail, then I'm still a failure because if you do don't try as hard as you can, then you actually will never put yourself in that position to maximize your potential in the first place. So you should never actually get disappointed because you know you're not actually trying and you don't actually deserve the result you wanna get. So the default state must be, I am trying as hard as I can in every situation and anything less is selfish to myself, my family, and everyone around me and my future. So that's how I overcome that limiting belief. Limiting belief number two is, I'm scared to try and be the best. I want to be good, but I I don't want to be that guy with the spotlight on me. My first month when I started, as I told you in August, I was one of the worst, but I decided and I got the advice, Hey, go all in. And that is your will. It's controllable. It's your attitude. It's your work ethic. And that next month I came back around and I was the number one person on my 14 person team. I remember walking into that team meeting that last week of the month, knowing I was the guy, because you, you see these public dashboards of everyone's calls, everyone's results, and, and you cover them in the team meetings. You talk about how everyone did. And, of course, the person who does the best gets recognized. And you're not necessarily making fun of the person who came in last, but everyone knows deep down, I don't want to be that person at the bottom of the screen because it's it's embarrassing. And and it's, uh, it's, it's honestly a disgrace in and, and a place that I've been and I never want to be back to. But on the flip side, being that first person all of a sudden, the spotlight gets on you. All of a sudden, they say, "Hey, Trent, w- why don't you tell us what worked for you this month?" Trent, can you talk to the team? Can you talk to this group? H- how you're doing this? And at first, it felt weird because I didn't necessarily want to be. I didn't, I didn't. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to be the king and to be the number one person on the team. And and for some reason, it, it's it's almost it's almost kind of like getting called up on stage and recognize, hey, you're you're great. And some people naturally aren't wired to want that type of recognition. Maybe you want uh, an award. Maybe you want a prize. Maybe you want a handwritten note because that's that's your way of you, you liking to be acknowledged. What I've found is that being number one and wanting to be number one is a good thing because it will actually fuel you to want to stay at top and continue to have that crown. It pushes me because now every quarter, and every team I'm on, I respect my teammates. I want them to be successful, but I expect to be number one. My standard is to be number one on the team and to maximize my potential. So I'm not doing it trying to beat other people. I am doing it to be as good as I possibly can. And I'm focused on the pro, I'm committed to this process and I'm not overly emotional to the results. So I'm focusing on the activities that contribute to that success. But my standard is to be the best I can And the best I can is number one on my team and in the organization and in the world. And you may be thinking, well, Trent, you can't possibly be number one in the world. You're not competing with them. I believe my best is number one in the world, and that's how I'm programmed to think. That's how I go into every situation, every interaction, believing that I am the absolute best. I am world-class. There is nobody more qualified or better to do this thing than I am. And that mentality, although I know I'm not the best. I'm not the, I'm not great. Like I told you, I'm striving to be great. And it's that mentality that is about 90% of what it takes to be successful and make more money. Just believing you can do it and setting the standard that you should be number one in on the team, you deserve it. The final false limiting belief I'll talk about before we'll go into skill is I'm comfortable where I'm at. A lot of people say, you know what, I'm happy showing up, I'm collecting a paycheck, I'm able to go on that trip, I'm able to go shopping. What I'm here to tell you is thinking average, thinking being normal this eventually will come back and be a a massive, massive mistake because success breeds complacency, complacency breeds failure, only the paranoid survive. What that means is if you stay stagnant, if you stay in this middle place and just try and be good enough, eventually you're gonna get to a place where you've completely been displaced you don't have a job. You're going to be a part of the middle class. You're going to get an average mortgage. You're going to send your kids to an average school. You're just going to live an average existence. And so many people do that. And that may be okay for you, but that is not okay for me. And the people who watch this, I I feel like that's not okay for you either. You want to live an extraordinary life. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to make more money. You simply need more money to be successful. A lot of people say, hey, Trent, personal life. Hey, relationships. Hey, health. All of that is important. All of that will come. But while you are in the phase in your 20s, you need to be grinding and working your face off because the way you live now is what will define your quality of life and the ability, the the, the parts of society that you are able to access in your 30s, 40s, and 50s are determinate based on how you spend your 20s. So if, you, if you're older than that, just know it's never too late. But if you were in a position and you were fortunate enough to be in your mid-20s like me, in a great job that you enjoy at a company that you believe in, there's nobody luckier than you, especially if you're in America as well. So if you're sitting here thinking, you know what, I'm just going to collect a paycheck. I'm okay. That is so selfish. Sales is an expansion game. It is all about expansion. As we talked about at the beginning of the call, you thinking you should just show up and collect a paycheck and be average, that's like being a baby And it's like never growing. It's never growing. It's like that small little tree. It's sad. You see it. You say, I don't want that tree. I want the big tree. I want the redwood, the red oak, the big ones. I want the big trees. I want to be big, right? That's what we want. We want expansion. Sales is all about expansion, especially guys. I believe we want to conquer. That's why wars happen. Guys get together and they say, you know what? We're going to march 15 miles to that village and we're gonna turn up on them, and we're gonna take over. It's the same thing in business. These companies, what do they care about? Expansion, making more money, mergers and acquisitions, revenue. Why is sales the most important function in any organization? Sales, revenue, making more money, hiring, taking market share, serving customers, expanding brand. It is all about expansion. You cannot be expanding, while also contracting. You are either contracting or expanding. So if you were sitting there saying, I'm happy where I'm at, you are contracting, and it, it's, just, it's just an average way of thinking, and you're never gonna get ahead thinking like that. Sales is all about expansion, like we talked about, growing, getting bigger, and at the root of all of that is controlling your will. So look, we just talked about the controllable, something you can do today to go make more money in your sales job. For those of you still listening, it's a good decision because now we're going to talk about the skill component. Skill component is the ability to do something well. Think about NBA players. You can look at their ability to do something well by their field goal percentages. It is numbers driven. Numbers do not lie. In sales, the beauty of it is that the numbers do not lie because we can look at all the metrics that contribute to your quota, but your quota is binary. Either you hit your quota or you miss your quota. There's no in between. There's no, oh, well I fell 36,000 short and if I would've gotten one more inbound, I would've hit my quota. You missed your quota, okay? And it is binary. Either you hit your quota or you didn't, didn't hit your quota. And if you've gotten to a point where you have maxed out your effort and we, we all are binded by time, we have 24 hours in a day, and there comes a point where you say, well, I'm making 100 calls a day, I have five customer meetings, whatever it may be. You're, there comes a point where you simply cannot work harder. right? And I've reached this point many times, you make as many calls as time permits, you are you are efficient as possible, you have all these customer meetings, you work as hard as you possibly can, and that may not get you to your result. So what do you do? Skill, you identify of the activities you're doing, how do you become more proficient at those activities? Take for example, cold calling. The result is setting meetings. So let's say you make a thousand cold calls a month. If we break this down and say, if I make a thousand cold calls a month, how many meetings does that actually result in? Do you know that? The first metric you'd look at is answer rate. Of the cold calls you make, what percentage of prospects actually answer the phone? Answer rate, benchmark should be around 6%. That means you're having 60 live conversations. Of those 60 live conversations, how many meetings do you actually set? That's set rate. Good set rate around 15%. So if you have 60 live conversations, 15% set rate, we're talking 12, 12, 15 set meetings, right? Of those set meetings, how many prospects actually show up? Show rate. Show rate should be around 80%. So let's say you, ha- you set 12 meetings, 80%. We're talking what, like nine shows, nine, nine, 10 shows, whatever it may be. Of those meetings that show, conversion rate. What percentage of meetings that happen convert into a qualified opportunity? Conversion rate should be around 90%. So now we're looking at, let's say, seven qualified opportunities. Per 1,000 calls, you have seven qualified opportunities. So if we think about the will, you decide, I'm going to make 2,000 calls. That is the most calls I can make based on my time. So naturally, it's a numbers game. You're going to have more qualified opportunities. But if you want to reach that next level, it's how can I improve my skill of answer rate, set rate, show rate, conversion rate as an account executive is I look at my skills that I measure myself on. It's um, deal size. How many meetings am I setting per week? It is deal cycle. How long does it take? It is um, hitting. And, And there's a lot of sub skills as well. Executive alignment, discovery, solution presentation. There's a lot of different skills you can look at. And we'll get into one of those components in a moment, but think about it. You have to eventually improve your skills, and that's the only way to continue to evolve, get better, and make more money. So look, there's three ways to improve your skills. Number one is knowing your numbers. You need to know your numbers. I talk with new SDRs, and I say, hey, what's your quota, or what is your target? And they'll say, I don't know. If you don't know your target, you can't possibly get better. And when I hear that, it's just such a complete, utter sense of negligence. If you're sitting here listening to this, and you do not know your target... You, you need to know your target. That is step number one. You need to know your target if you want to improve your skill. So for example, I used to mow lawns. That is what I did in college. I mowed lawns. I went around my neighborhood. I had a few customers. They text me and they say, Trent, Trent come mow our lawn. Occasionally, they, they would say, hey, Trent, we got a job for you. We want you to come uh, mulch. We want you to come mulch our yard or we want you to come trim some bushes. And I'd say, sure, no problem. And uh, they'd say, I'll pay you 80 bucks for it. And I would think, wow, that's, that's like three mowed lawns. Let, let's do it. Uh, I show up and then all of a sudden, the, it, the, the mulching, there's like 100 bags of mulch. And then, and then I'm looking at it and I'm saying, wow, this is, um, is going to take way longer than $80 worth of work. And then you're in that, that predicament of, do I tell them to pay me more? Do I just do it because I've accepted? You did not know your numbers. And that was my fault. Meanwhile, if I would have asked the right questions and said, well, well, what is the square foot here? How many bags of mulch? And I would have been able to identify, okay, it's going to take me three days to do this. You know what? $80 is not enough. I want $240. And they said, because this is, the, this is the numbers that go into it. This is how long it's going to take. And, and they'd say, okay, yeah, let's do it. If I don't know my numbers, then I'm going to have a terrible time. Because if I'm doing three days worth of work for $80 and I feel like that's not enough... I'm going to be, I'm going to be pissed off the whole time. And in sales, when you do not know your targets, you're sitting there and you, you, you may not be finding the success you want. It, and it's, it's frustrating to you. And I used to be, I used to get so frustrated all the time because I just wanted to be good. And I believe everyone is trying their best. Everyone's trying their best. You of course can try harder based on your will, like we talked about, but it's frustrating when you just want it, but it's just not happening. And it's, it starts with knowing your numbers and setting the right targets. And that takes us into step number two. It is set a target and hold yourself accountable to this target. Something I say to prospects all the time to justify why they need my solution is I say, look, you cannot improve what you don't measure. If you don't know a baseline of what good looks like, then how are you possibly gonna go from where you're at today and close the gap to where you wanna go? And that's how I define success, closing the gap between where you are today and ultimately where you want to go. So once you understand your numbers, then you need to set a target. And my philosophy is that I am working to reach my potential, not my quota. So a framework to think about here is if your company gives you a $100,000 quota, do you believe you are more likely to hit your quota if you set a $100,000 target or if you set a $200,000 target? I would go with the person who sets a $200,000 target. So something I've done since early in my career is that I've never thought like a ramping rep. If I've ever had a ramping number, if I ever get a new promotion and I get a new quota, I set a massive target. I set targets far in excess of what they expect me because that is my target. And I will never reduce my target. I will not retreat. I will always work to reach that target. Having that target at least puts me in a position to have a chance to go and hit that target. And when we think about knowing your numbers, um, you need to understand how do your numbers contribute to that target? So we did the cold call analogy, right? As we talked about make a thousand calls, you get seven qualified means. You could improve your will, make more calls, or you could improve your skill and work on some of these skills. As an account executive, what are some of the numbers you need to know in order to hit your target? What is your average deal size? How long does it take you to work a sales cycle? What is your actual quota? Um, how many meetings are you setting a week? How many meetings do you need to set a week in order to actually put yourself in a position to have 3X pipeline? How much pipeline do you have relative to your number? How much qualified pipeline do you have? What are all the sales stages that your deals are in? Are you in discovery still? Are you in solution presentation? Are you in business consideration? Are you negotiating contract? You need to first have a target in order to know the numbers so that you can start to backtrack and say, where am I at today? And what do I need to do in order to get to where do I want to go? And If you watch until the end of this recording, I'm going to share with you my current targets that I wrote on my whiteboard. These are not just my software sales job specific targets, but these are my targets in life what I'm working towards because this applies to your, your life goals as well because we're talking how to get great at sales. You need to have specific sales targets if you want to be great and if you want to make more money and if you want to improve your skill because you need to know what do I actually need to work on and what skills are important. But you also need to have targets in life to keep you motivated. Think about this example. If you work at McDonald's and employee A, their target is to just show up and make $8 an hour so that they can buy a ticket to Coachella. Think about person B. Their target is to own a franchise in 50 McDonald's locations. Who do you think is going to be better at work? Who do you think is going to enjoy it more? Who do you think is going to get more out of it? It's going to be person B, the person who has this bigger target for why their work today matters. And if you're sitting there just trying to be average, taking normal levels of action, setting targets that are what are given to you, not that actually meet up to your potential, it's always going to result in dissatisfaction, you not maximizing your income earning potential and never actually making those steps needed to actually get great at sales. So that, that's why it's important to have targets and know your numbers. And then finally, when you start to identify, there's a little net right here that I'm trying to clap right here. It's a skill I need to work on improving. The, the final part of improving your skill is to have a learner's mindset, a learner's mindset. Some people call it a growth mindset. Think about Jeff Bezos, one of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. Do you think he just knew how to build Amazon? Do you think he just showed up and said, okay, um, I'm going to be a billionaire now. I'm going to be one of the richest guys in the world. No, he he had baseline competencies. He was probably much smarter than the average person, including myself. But when he identified, we need to hire people. We need to figure out how this internet thing works. We need to We need to figure out, do we want to, do we want to buy AWS? We want to go in the software market. We also want to conquer e-commerce. Hey, let's let's do a two-day delivery. He didn't just know, he had to learn how to deal well with people, all of these new skills. It's continued growth, evolution, and evolving. So as a salesperson, if you are not continuing to evolve and taking time to get better, you will get left behind, believe me. Especially if you work in technology, because the market is changing so rapidly, This new product update that that may be important today can be obsolete tomorrow. The competitive landscape can shift. The needs of your customers are continuously evolving. So are you taking the time to learn and train on the necessary skills you need to be successful? When I first started, this looked like listening to other people's calls, reps who were doing better than me. This looked like role-playing. This looked like being open to coaching. When people tell you something... Maybe you want to listen and determine, are they credible or not? Do I actually want to action on this? But a few things you can think about to do to do day one, right after listening to this, is meeting with other people. As you think about at the beginning of my career, in order to really find my way, I met with this senior sales leader. And just the the fact of speaking with somebody that was doing what I want to accomplish... That's one of the easiest ways to get to where you want to go and improve at anything. You can go read it in a book. You can go find all the answers online. But why not go speak with the person who is doing what you want to do today well? It's a strategy I've applied throughout my career. And something I'm continuously doing to this day because it inspires me, but it also tactically helps me with the specific strategies I need to do my job better. Next, learning best sales practices, listening to podcasts like this one, listening to other podcasts, reading books. You can get super technical with it, and it is important to to do training but you want to understand sales. How do I do, how do I do sales? Well, and then how do I do sales? Well, at my specific company and what components make that up? So it's understanding how to ask questions, understanding how to do discovery. There's different frameworks that I've posted on my main YouTube channel, Trent Russell, how to do discovery. And I'm not going to go too deep into those today. But as you think about the skill component, it is understanding and identifying what is holding me back from where I want to go. When I first promoted from a sales development rep to an account executive, I was concerned because I was questioning, will my skills translate? I had mastered pipeline generation, but what skills did I need to learn in order to be a great account executive? How to run a solution presentation with a demo, how to do that myself, how to show up acting like I'm the expert. What industry knowledge do I need in order to talk to HR people? Because that's my buyer persona what specific technical company knowledge do i need to understand about my product so that anytime i get a question i can say with certainty hey here's the answer right there that is what i mean by technical sales understanding is you want to know how to sell and and that is an art in and of itself and something that will always serve you well and is a future-proof skill set that will keep you in demand in the modern workforce but how do you be relevant and specific at your company Finally, if you were in a position where you were making cold calls, if you were just getting in the game like I was a few years ago, or you're currently in the game today, and you're thinking, man, I just can't get people on the phone. I can't find the right people. Um, I get them on the phone, but I can't set the meetings. You know what? I set the meetings, but they don't show, or they show, but they're not actually quality. Hey, what do I say on the phone? What's a proven talk track? For that very reason, at my website, softwaresalesguide.com, I built my eight-step framework talking about my B2B cold calling strategy and sharing my exact script. So if you're in a position listening to this saying, okay, what tangible tactical sales training material is available to me right now to help me set more meetings and have more confidence on the phones so that I can blow up my pipeline and hit my quota. I built that eight step cold calling strategy and in script framework for B2B sales, specifically for you. So that will be linked in the description down below if you're interested in checking that out. As we think about wrapping this episode up, what I wanted to share with you um, in tandem to my targets is, is is a little story here. So the market does not care about your feelings. So we find ourselves... Well, into Q3, July is already halfway over, which is hard to believe. Um, We're headed to a potential or may already be in a recession. So, economically, it's going to be more challenging for salespeople. Companies, rather than thinking about expanding, they're contracting a bit. So, it makes it harder to sell because budgets are being limited and and it's just naturally a tougher environment. People are more risk adverse or losing a lot of money in the stock market. But I'm here to tell you that the market does not care about your feelings. Just because you want to set more meetings does not mean you will set more meetings just because you get on the phone with the prospect and they tell you no and don't buy and that upsets you it does not matter and nobody people may feel bad for you whatever your manager but you will not be rewarded thinking like that identifying that i must remain in control of my emotions i must focus on the process just because i really want something doesn't mean i'm going to get it the market does not care about your feelings and that is a brutal truth and reality we all must accept in order to get great at sales and make more money. We're gonna wrap up this episode with me talking about my goals because I like to talk about success, I like to talk about money and I practice what I preach and I actually set targets in my own life and I believe that that is essential in order to actually get what you want because just thinking what you want will not actually happen if you don't write it down and make it real. So I wrote on my whiteboard right here, target number one is attend my company president's club trip as an enterprise account executive. I go back and forth a lot about what are my career goals, what do I want. My career goal is to promote to an enterprise account executive and qualify for president's club as an enterprise account executive and go on that trip. Once I do that, I will feel that I will have accomplished everything I possibly will have want in the corporate world potentially do some leadership to get a bit of experience there. But my burning desire in the corporate space as an employee is to become an enterprise account executive at my current company. I'm not going to just leave and promote there and just, and just get the easy way I'm going to work to get it. That is my goal. Once I do that, that is my main career goal. And I believe I will accomplish that in the next three to five years. And once I do that, it's going to help me get to my next couple targets. Target number two is to grow the community, past 100,000 subscribers on the main channel, which is Trent Dressel. I figure many of you who watch this and listen to this are probably know me from my main YouTube channel, but if you do not, that's amazing. Go subscribe to my other channel, uh, Trent Dressel, on YouTube. And uh, this this channel right here, the podcast channel, um, my goal is to get this to 10,000 subscribers as fast as possible so that we can continue getting bigger guests, Um, increase our reach and make a greater impact. So if you're not subscribed right now, subscribe right now, especially if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, leave a comment or review, whatever it is, just go leave a cherry emoji in the review. I don't, it doesn't matter if you want to say something kind, I would really appreciate that. But if you don't know what to say, just go leave a review with the cherry emoji. And if I go see some cherry emojis, that's really going to pop me up. And I might reach out to you and say, hey, thanks so much for doing that. Uh, Or or better yet, Go leave the cherry emoji in the reviews um, on Spotify, Apple, or even in the comments for YouTube. Take a screenshot of it, message me, message it to me on LinkedIn, and um, that will fire me up. A lot of people reach out asking to talk, and I, I basically tell everyone no, but if somebody does that, it's the screenshot and sends it to me with the review comment and then shares a custom message what these episodes has done to help them... Um, I may set up a call with you just to hear more and, and maybe take that story to then put it in another video or highlight you. So, something to think about. But my goal is to expand and grow across those channels. Next, earn $1 million each year on average in my 30s. When you set money targets that are That are arbitrary or abstract. It can almost feel like a ball and chain in a way of of if I don't have this, then I will be unhappy. Um, But I believe if you do not set a value for what you believe you're worth in the marketplace, then you are never going to get it. I'm worth at least a million dollars a year. You will constantly and you will always be underpaid until one day you will be massively overpaid. And it, and it starts with working hard and improving your skill set like we talked about today to get great at whatever your craft is, specifically sales for many of you watching this. But I want to earn $1 million every year in the marketplace throughout my 30s. Once you get to 10 million dollars net worth, you basically don't need any more money. You cannot get by with 1 million dollars. If you have 1 million dollars saved and think, "Oh, I'm going to retire," you're in store for a rude awakening because you're going to live longer than you than you think you will, and the money's not going to go as far as you think, especially with inflation. Things will continue to get more expensive. You want to live a better quality of life. So, I need to make at least a million dollars a year. I believe I'll make way more, but I will make at least 1 million dollars a year in the marketplace throughout the course of my 30s on average. The final target is build a $10 million ARR, annual recurring revenue software business by age 40. The reason I am striving to become an enterprise account executive, the reason I like to talk about sales, the reason I'm in sales, the reason why I want to get better at sales is because eventually I will start a software company to help salespeople. I will sell to revenue leaders similar to the likes of outreach you have Clary, who I really like. You have Gong, Salesforce. Way, that's basically the, the golden standard of SaaS, big, big CRM company. Um, as you look at some of these SaaS companies that sell to revenue leaders, I do, I do believe that there's some opportunities in there um, that I'm not going to talk about here today, but, but I believe I have the ideas. It's just a matter of executing against them. And there's really no excuse as to why I don't start today. Um, but, but for for some reason it may be a limiting belief. So, so maybe I need help from one of you. Um, but I want to achieve the enterprise account executive validation and say, once I do that, I can leave corporate America because I know that I can basically go accomplish anything. I want to have the infrastructure with the online community. I want to have the money continuously saved up and earned. And I want to build a business. All of the other influencers and sales that, many people follow. I, I I wrote down a big list of them today. A lot of them have sales training companies. And that is the last thing I want to do. The last thing I want to do is to be a sales trainer because I'm a sales guy at heart and I want to help salespeople through a scalable way and a solution. And I want to sell to B2B. I aspire to be in B2B. I want to have a big business. I want to have a big business. I don't want to just sit back, get out of sales, not have a quota and just... Try and tell people what they should be doing in sales. I think that's such a lazy way of going about it. I wanna have a big company and I wanna continuously make content. I wanna help salespeople through my product, through my content. And that's what I aspire to do. And I wanna also give other people employment, the opportunities I had, give them status and prestige in their own life, similar to what I've experienced in my own company. And I will start a SaaS company that does $10 million in sales. And I may be thinking small therapies. I think we could do a lot more eventually once we get up and running. But that is just the baseline of what I want to do. Once we reach these goals, we'll keep setting bigger targets. But those are the targets I'm striving for. And back to the McDonald's analogy. If you are just showing up to collect a paycheck, then you're never going to get there. But if you're showing up ready to advance the mission... Then hey, if you want to start a software company like I do, then every day matters every cold call counts all the learnings all the failures matter because they're all working towards a bigger mission. when I have the big company doing all the revenue with the employees, do you think anyone is ever gonna say Trent what what was your quota attainment in in Q3 of 2022? Nobody's gonna care it's not gonna matter so that perspective is what keeps me going I'm going to keep getting better. I thank you so much for your support and listening to another episode of Sales Proceed Podcast. We are the biggest sales podcast on YouTube. Um, If you look at performance and views per episode, there's one other that's bigger that I'm not going to list right now. The guy did not even have the decency to message me back on LinkedIn. Um, but he's got way more subscribers, but the, the views do not correlate to the subscribers. So I think that there's a story to a story there. You, you can you can make your own guess uh, what's going on there. But we're, we're the biggest sales podcast on YouTube. So let me know who you would like to see on the next episode. We've got some big episodes coming up, but I do want to hear your feedback. Who you would like me to hear who you would like me to talk to and hear or speak on the next episode of the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Let's go take massive action. Let's go increase our skill. Let's get great at sales and let's make more money.